Yo, what is up all you slashers and survivor girls? Yeah, you guessed it. It's that time again. It's Tuesday, and we all know what that means. The Good Buddy Lunchbox is bringing you another review of a fantastic horror movie. So, buckle up, grab your popcorn, you know, take the phone off the hook, whatever you end up doing. Just, uh... Let's get ready and enjoy this one, I guarantee it. Uh, so, uh, before we jump into it, I do really hope that you guys had a great week going up. We always want to, you know, spread positivity and, you know, just love as much as we can because God knows we need it in this, in this day and age. So, I do hope that you guys had a really good one. And, uh, and I do hope that, uh, if you guys did happen to listen to uh, my previous episode there with the, uh, the Phantom, of the mall, Eric's Revenge. Uh, I do hope that you guys enjoyed that one. That was a uh, a very interesting uh, find in my book, and uh, on and then you know from uh, before we also had our uh, our suggestion for the It nineteen ninety uh, TV series uh, part one and two that was actually suggested by Paula. So that's the thing is I love getting these suggestions from you guys, uh, you know, again, it helps me find out, you know, more movies just because, uh, you know, a lot of times like you end up getting, uh, into your, you, you find that groove or you find, you know, you just kind of get on that one, one track way of thinking and, or, you know, how, how you're feeling during that day. And so you might uh, skip over a movie that would have been just an absolute gem to watch. So, I mean, I love, coming across some new stuff and uh yeah so if you guys want to you know drop me a good suggestion always hit me up at my email at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com or find me on instagram or the facebooks i am not on twitter i'm not even going through that that hellhole and uh yeah but find me on facebook and instagram at creeping it real and that's r e e l uh yeah drop me a suggestion just find whatever you guys want and hey or if you just want to just you know sit and chit chat i'm your man so that's that's what we got going on today uh so for this week i got another suggestion uh this one coming from my buddy andre who uh, I play Pokemon with. Uh, so every week, this guy, super cool dude, uh, and he beats the crap out of me, just totally claps my cheeks every week, and uh, he's a really good Pokemon player, but uh, also, he is an absolute lover of horror movies. Uh, I mean, I've you know, I talked to him, uh, you know, you know, quite a bit and, uh, you know, his, his wife ends up, you know, him and his wife, they love horror movies. Uh, they actually go to a lot of like the, you know, horror conventions that I would go to and everything like, so it's like, it's just really cool that, uh, that within my Pokemon community, I have now, you know, gained another horror brethren. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's really cool. But this one, um, I went into my Discord, uh, well, not my Discord, but the Discord I'm a part of, uh, through, uh, Jim Mint here in, in Florida, and, like, I actually, I was like, I just posted a, a thing saying, hey, anybody got a horror movie suggestion, and he just kind of just came in with this tidal wave of just absolute gems of suggestions, so, I mean, there's a lot that I am going to use, 
that he has suggested. So I will, but this one kind of stuck out for me because I've heard it before, but I never really dove into, I never dove into it as much just because of the way that the movie is uh, produced and things like that. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll get into that here in just a second. So hold your britches. Um, but so Andre, uh, suggested that we watch, uh, it's hell house LLC. Uh, this is a found footage movie. Hence what I was just talking about. Uh, so not, it's not too often where I tend to gravitate towards those found footage movies. Um, and so hence why I never, you know, gravitated towards this one. Um, I've had friends that have, have, you know, mentioned it from here and there just because, um, I mean, there are clowns in this movie, you know, quote unquote, um, and I'm a sucker for a clown. So they always try to, uh, you know, persuade me to watch this because of, of the clown. Um, but I always just said, uh, you know, no, no, thank you. And just kind of, you know, went on to something else. And, uh, I'm kind of kicking myself to be honest. So this, uh, this one was a, a fun one for me as like going through it with fresh eyes because it was not only was it a well-rounded story and it was a, a very interesting story and, and, a, and a very whodunit kind of uh, situation, but it was also bringing back a bunch of memories for me because, you know, I live here in Orlando, and so it was like every year we would go down to Halloween Horror Nights, and uh, I mean, it got to the point where we were going so much that like my buddies would uh, try to get me to do the, like the annual pass so that we could just go almost like every, like, I think what one point uh, before we all had kids and stuff that we tried to, you know, go, I think it was like every, I think it was like two or three times a week or something like that. Like it got really, really nuts. Um, that wasn't as, as fun. It kind of killed it for me, uh, just because it was just too much. Um, but at the same time, Halloween Horror Nights is incredible. It is, it is so much fun to go to. Uh, granted the last few years for me have kind of died out. They didn't, I mean, again, because of COVID and, it just it didn't seem like it was the right, uh, it, like the right feeling for Halloween Horror Nights. It was like they were really trying to get things back in that that groove, and it just wasn't the same. Um, I think there was like the one year where I kind of was like, "Oh, this is this isn't really you know doing it for me anymore." Was uh, the year where they had it was the roaming uh, characters. So what they would have is uh, just a group of people dressed up in costumes, most likely with chainsaws and, and what have you, and they would literally roam around the park, and you know, you if you came across them, they would just try and scare the shit out of you. The only problem with that is, is they only had, I think it was like one or two actual little scare groups and they would just go around. So if you were at one haunted house 
waiting in line for, you know, what could have been up to like one to two hours, uh, sometimes maybe even longer, depending on the house, um, which is fucking bananas. But so you're waiting in this line. You finally get through the house. Well, the scare group or whatever could have been on the other side of the island. And as you're walking on your side, it's completely quiet. There's it's dark. There's nothing going on. It's it's nice and comfortable. Like it's there's nothing scary about that at all. Um, even like when you get into the scare group that that comes around, even then it's so quick. Like because they are just in and out. Uh, like like within seconds, uh, so they just try to just rush up on you and you know scream in your face and and that's about it and it it just kind of killed it for me. Um, now there were a few houses that I absolutely loved, um, and <laughs> I got in trouble uh, with a few people that I went with uh, a couple times. Um, there was one time <laughs> where I it was uh, the uh, oh it was the thing. So it was so, so fucking good. So the whole premise was that the two men that su- survived in the you know, McCready and uh, I forget his name, uh, Childs, when McCready and Childs are, they're actually found frozen in the ice. Well, it was a research team that went to the, I guess the chaos zone that happened in the John Carpenter's The Thing movie, and they basically took everything from that that site and brought it to Florida, and they set up this whole government thing, and as you're going through, the crazy thing about it was like they did all of the insane thing creature props and just all the it just it was so gross and just gorgeous at the same time for me and um one thing that i thought was really cool was that it wasn't the monster lunging out at you and scaring you they actually had guys just dressed up as like swat and like team members um that was so cool because they would just pop out with guns and they were pretending to shoot the goddamn thing and that was what was scaring you uh, but I got, in, like I said, I got in trouble a couple times because I was, uh, one, trying to take photos, and you're not supposed to do that. Uh, but I was begging at one point, the one lady, I was like, can I please, I, I need a photo because they had the, the dog. I was like, I just want a photo with the dog, please. Like, And they, they wouldn't let me do it. And I was, I was really bummed. Uh, the other one that was really good was uh, The American Werewolf in London. Uh, that one scared the ever-loving shit out of me. L- luckily, I was wearing the brown pants. Uh, that one, the the wolf looked so good. Uh, just the way that they would have it. It wasn't where the wolf was coming out at head level. It was coming out at waist level. And, and just the sound that they had, it was like just, uh, it was so, so, so good. Um, I mean, there was other houses that were always fantastic. I mean, they, the Ghostbusters house was cool. Chucky's house was awesome. Um, I also really love the, the dead silence one. That one was, they did a really good job with the Mary Shaw, uh, ghost. They actually put the characters on, uh, it was, it was almost like the, the wheelie, like the, um, little segue, uh, you know, gimmicks or whatever. So it made it feel like she was floating, um, and you know, she could, 
scoot around and then scare the shit out of you, which was really, really cool. Um, but I digress. Uh, so this, uh, like I said, it, this movie gave me a lot of uh, just memories back to my Halloween Horror Night days. Uh, but also, uh, there was a old documentary. Uh, it's the 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 Mackinney, uh, Manor, and I'll, I'll get into that in just a, in just a little bit. But there's a lot of like similarities to what I felt these, you know, this group of uh, kids was actually, or kids, I say kids, this group of college, college kids, uh, was trying to, uh, accomplish. Uh, so real quick, uh, how hell house LLC, God, that's like, for, I don't know why it's such a tongue twister for me. Hell house LLC. Um, so to go ahead and get on into these perks and the details and uh you know for this uh, this this little film over here so we have this movie is directed and written by Stephen Cognetti and then we also have Gore Abrams god this is such a good name Gore Abrams as Paul O'Keefe we have Alice Balik as Diane Graves don't know if I'm saying that name right we got Danny Bellany as Alex Taylor we have Jared Hacker as Tony Prescott and Phil Hess as Joey, which is very weird that they actually don't give a last name to him. Uh, <laughs> but then we also have Ryan Jennifer Jones as Sarah Havel. So uh, those are the main uh, people in this film. And what's great about Hell House LLC is that it is, even though it's a found footage movie, it's set up in a documentary style. So uh, a, a lot of interviewers uh, or people being interviewed. Um, I guess uh, the I guess the main girl uh, Diane Graves, she is the one that is trying to find out what happened at the Hell House. And so she's the one that's, that's doing the whole, like she's the, the head of this documentary. And I guess the, the actual producer of the film of, of the actual film, he is, uh, the guy that's actually, you know, behind the camera, uh, dealing with, uh, with, you know, with Diane and you never actually see him, but you hear him all the time, but like he's uncredited in the film, which is interesting. Um, but so Diane is the one that is trying to figure out what happened that night at the hell house. And, uh, what it, it's, the movie starts off where, um, we get a, it's, just like a news, uh, like crime scene situation. Uh, and it turns out that there was 15 people that were found dead in this haunted house attraction. And there was, they didn't, I can't remember how many they actually said that were, uh, injured, but there was, there was a good number of people that were actually injured in the, um, at the same time. And, the thing is that there has been so much just mystery and just just secrets that are, are surrounding this this whole house and no one would ever talk about it in this in this little small town. Um, so it became like it, it came this one thing of like 
legend and lore and speculation and conspiracy theories and all this other stuff. Um, but it turns out as Diane starts to dig and dig, uh, you really start to kind of, you know, uh, you get just that little bit more information that starts to kind of, you kind of do that thing where you get the, the big board and you start getting the red string and you start tying pieces together. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it should be, (laughs) it's pretty much like that for her. And as we are introduced to her, like, so the, the first scene is, is us being shown. It's the, the news clip of the, just the chaos that, that happened, um, alongside the only other footage of that night that is, that's still uh, available is through a YouTuber. Um, they, I guess, uh, but a couple of the survivors uh, that made it out of the Hell House that night, uh, they were trying to do that thing where uh, they would video document their experience, like going through the house. Um, I have, I mean, there's a a ton uh, of people on YouTube now that do uh, the attraction walkthroughs. Uh, sometimes it's, it's actually really cool to see just because, uh, if you can't make it out to Halloween Horror Nights or something like that, these people will sit there with a GoPro on their chest, walking through the the house and it feels like you're walking through there. I mean, yeah, you're not getting the, the, you know, the intense, you know, feeling from actually being there, but you actually get to see the production and just how the walkthrough is going through. Uh, and it's, it's really, really neat to see, uh, one house that I thought was really cool. I never got to go to it, but was, it was the child's play, uh, at Halloween Horror Nights. And so I got to watch a, um, one of those, uh, walkthroughs on YouTube and just kind of got to see how they set everything up. So I don't feel like I missed it, but I, that was one house that I do wish that I was, uh, I, I, I didn't want to wait in line, uh, for it and I, I missed out on it. So that was, that was a bummer. Um, but that's the only footage that we have is of this YouTuber and the, just the news that really doesn't give us a ton of information other than 15 people mysteriously died and others were injured and that's it. So Diane decides that she's going to Nancy drew this thing and she's going to solve it. And lo and behold, as she's digging and uh, she's talking to uh, just some yeah, I guess I like some, I guess it wasn't like an eyewitness where it was like someone that, that dealt with the eyewitnesses. I think he worked like uh, he was working with the police department. Um, and then there was also a photographer that went into the abandoned hell house and like after everything was kind of cleared out, he broke in and he went and like took a bunch of pictures and Instantly, just you know, he he was just creeped out. But the, a lot of the stuff that he saw, kind of set you up as to oh no, something else happened here. Uh, like there was a photo that he took where you could see it looked like there was like a trail of blood, um, and that was that was something I was like oh well they didn't they didn't mention anything like that. I mean they said that people die, but they didn't like you. They never mentioned anything as far as like 
And it's like, why, why was there, it was, it was like literally like a trail, like somebody, it was like smeared. So something was dragged and it was very, very unsettling. Um, and it was, it was dry blood too. So it's been there, never been cleaned up, uh, or anything like that. So basically the cops just came in and just said, fuck it. And just left everything the way that it just left the whole crime scene. Then never to be seen again. Um, but there was a couple of other, uh, moments too, where the photographer was going through and he went down the hall and it was right to where the basement where all the chaos, uh, initially happened. And he didn't want to go down there. Like he, he did not want to walk down the steps and he took a, a photo on like down the steps just because that, that was, as, that was as far as he was going. But it was just that eerie, creepy feel. And I guess you could see like handprints and footprints, um, on the, the steps and it's very, very, very eerie. Um, and that's, that's a, that's probably the, the key word for this film is that, it's eerie. Like it is, it makes you, it's just unsettling and it kind of puts you in that mode of, of you, you're like, as you're watching, like throughout the movie, all you're doing is you're trying to like pinpoint and like look at different areas to see if you could spot something or if they were going to get clever enough to actually do that, where it's like, Oh, like as you're, you know, scamming by like on one of the, you know, the, you know, footage or something like that. It's like, are you going to see a body or is there a shadow that's going to be there or anything like that? Um, there's a couple of times where that does happen. If you are, if it's like a blink and you miss it type of thing. And some of the stuff is really fucking cool. Um, but as we get into it, so Diane is trying her damnedest to find as much information, but then lo and behold, the one survivor of that night of the group contacts her and says that she is willing to talk to her about what all happened throughout the creation of Hell House and like everything that happened on that night. Um, so Diane is like, just, she is just burning her britches. just like with excitement. Um, there is just, she's like, I can't believe that I'm going to have this, the, the lone survivor, the person that was there, tell me everything that happened. Like she's and but the, her, you know, the, the, her cameraman, like he doesn't feel comfortable with it. Um, he's just like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why would she just automatically just come to us? And it's like, why wouldn't she just go to the cops or, you know, like it's, and finally it, it turns out it's Sarah. Sarah was the lone survivor. And when she gets there, you could tell like, she's just, she's just out of it. Like she, like, I guess whatever happened to her, all you know those those years ago it just is still affecting her and it's one of those things where it's like you almost feel like she'd probably be better off in a mental institution um <laughs> just because it's like it's like how are you going to function or anything like that but she sits down 
And she starts to go through, you know, essentially what ended up happening. So her boyfriend was Alex. He is the CEO of uh, their their company, uh, essentially. And uh, all all the guys in the group have all been friends for years. I mean, since they were like little itty bitty kids. Uh, I mean, they were you know, elementary school friends. And they have always tried to, you know, just do things to, like, kind of keep themselves young at heart, essentially. Uh, But Alex was the guy that was very much like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to have fun, too, but, you know, we got to grow up. We can't just, you know, I got to make money somehow. I can't just keep, you know, you know you know, sitting around, farting around, you know, eating Doritos and playing video games. It's like he's he wants to do something with his life. And, and so what he ends up doing is he loves the the concept of the haunted houses. So this is in New York City. The, he actually, uh, I believe he, it was a an abandoned... I believe it's just an abandoned building over in New York and they converted it out into a haunted house and it was a huge success. And they would do, I think they did it a couple of years and then it got to the point where he wanted to try to expand out and he wanted to, I guess, I guess franchise it a little bit uh, just because, I mean, if it like, if what they were doing was so successful and it just he wanted to take it as as far as he could go. So what he wanted to do was he went from the city where they were very popular to a kind of a rural area. And as they were or Alex I guess went around and he was trying to find different locations and came across this like abandoned hotel that was actually for sale. And he ended up just going ahead and just buying it. Like no one, he didn't like go into any like details with anybody. He didn't discuss it. He just, that's, that's where he wanted it. And that that was it. Like there was no, no ifs, ands or buts. The rest of the group basically just had to just go, okay, fine. You win. Let's do it. And, and they went, um, I mean, the hotel itself is really fucking cool. Um, it's interesting because it's it's right on like this little highway, or you know, it's a again a little rural town, so it's just a, a two lane road, but it's right off of the road, and it feels like it's one of those places where it almost needed to be like on a dirt road or something like that. Uh, I mean, the way that it, I mean, I've seen a couple of places uh, like in like London, like in the countryside where you would just have like that. It's just that one big standing building. That's like right on the side of the the road. Uh, just, I mean, it's one of those things where like the locals would just go, like they would go do all their farming and then boom, hit the pub. And then it's just right there. So I love that, just that old tiny feel. And it just gave the, it just gave life, to the hotel and 
it made it its own character. And I love it when movies can do that, um, especially with a low-budget film like this to just make this whole building a living creature, essentially. Like, it is... It's really, really, really cool. Um, so, as we come to find out, uh, he has gone on, bought this hotel... Everyone is kind of against it, but they're going along with it. And it turns out that they are needing to really like just build out, uh, you know, or they're going to try and just do, they had all these ideas from what they were doing in uh, New York and they were going to try and bring them in here. But as they got into the, the hotel and they were like, they were in the first little walkthrough of it, it became this thing where it's like there was nothing that they needed to change. There is so much stuff in there that just would like it it, it just it be made it even creepier than what they possibly could have put in there for any type of, you know, props or what have you. Uh, I like there's like tons of like books and Bibles and uh, just things that are just all over the place. Crucifixes. Um, there was one area where there was just like it's just like all these old beds that were just kind of just like laid out ever. So you got like that old like the metal wires and then there's other rooms where it's just it's just old pictures and things like that. And there's like this big dining room where it's like everything was just kind of just disheveled and messed up. And it's just like, it was just like each little piece of this hotel told some piece of just an unsettling story that you just didn't really feel like you wanted to be a part of. And it was perfect for a haunted house. It was absolutely perfect. Uh, when the group walked down into the basement, they instantly felt just a chill and again, an unsettling feeling. But as they were looking around, it turns out that on the wall and all over, I guess like on the floor and things like that, there was pentagrams that were drawn all over the place. And there was upside down crucifixes everywhere and the whole team was like what in the fuck is this like where like why is this here and it's it, like Alex tries to you know get the groups like oh don't worry about it it's fine it's you know it, it's it was probably like just a bunch of kids that were came down here, you know, a bunch of metalheads, and uh, you know that, that was about like. And he just kind of just pushes it off, and the rest of the group is kind of like, "All right, well, that like that's all right, that's fine, sure." And then they just leave it alone, they, and they leave, and then they go up into the attic, and they're walking around, and this is the first little glimpse of something going wrong. As as they're filming it, they are getting it's a, a low frequency like noise in their camera, and then it's also glitching out the camera itself, um, which is awesome. You know, as, as a nice little tidbit that something is 
making itself known because, uh, like, I mean, I, I've, I'm pretty well a, a big fan, I should say, of, uh, like, Ghost Adventures. And I know a lot of people that are, you know, they love their, their, their ghost hunting shows. Uh, I know a lot of times, like, Zach Bagans and that, you know, just that show just kind of just rubs them the wrong way. But I am all about it. And it's mainly because of the history that, you know, the show brings out, uh, things like, um, like ghost hunters or anything like that, like that shows great and all, but it's just one of those things where I love like with Zach Bagans actually, like before they do a whole lockdown, they go in and they tell you the history of everything. And it just, it's, it's a neat little tie in, uh, especially for like the really, really good locations like that. Um, and then, you know, it's like, you can see stuff where it's like, uh, the EMF, uh, detectors are going off or you could, you know, they are feeling cold in certain areas where it's supposed to be hot and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it's a nice little tidbit and it just kind of, you know, stops from there. Um, but as the group is trying to figure out what, what to do with the house, um, they are like trying to like map out where things are supposed to go. And, uh, Paul and, uh, like Paul is the camera guy and the whole like premise. And what's actually kind of genius about these found footage movies is it's like, why in the hell were they filming it anyways? Well, the whole premise of having Paul, uh, be the film guy and, you know, document everything is just so that they could document what all the stuff that they were doing in this hell house so that they could do it for other houses and, or like kind of figure out what they did wrong or what they could have done better or anything like that. That's all Alex really wanted it, uh, for. Um, also it's like if they, you know, ended up being like famous or anything like that, they could do like a behind the scenes, yada, yada, yada. And what was really interesting is that this was done in uh, like 2015, 2016. Uh, and it still looks like it is just a piece of garbage camera. Like it's, <laughs> it's still like super grainy. It's a lot of shaking. Um, it's very, uh, it, it's, it's very low, low key, low budget. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they nailed it on that, but it adds to the film a hundred percent. Like, um, I can't, I would, I don't think I'd want it any other way. Um, but the nice thing is that, so Paul is the one filming and they're going through, you know, just all the houses and stuff like that. And, and on top of that, uh, Paul has also set up uh, the security cameras all throughout the house so they can see everything. And this was one of the scenes where I was, I had to freeze frame it uh, a couple times because I felt like there was something in those cameras that you, like if you weren't looking at a certain place, you were just going to miss it. Or it's like, there would have been like, you would have seen like Sarah walking by uh, one room, but then a, a shadowy figure like follow behind her, some shit like that. But I didn't see anything. Um, the cameras were were pretty small, 
like like and so you could like the way that they were filming it it's like you weren't going to get a whole lot of detail you just got the idea that, okay they got camera set up and you know bob's your uncle from there so as they're going through uh also uh the the way that they ended up getting the uh electricity throughout the the whole hotel again is uh joey joey is the electrician um and so Joey gets everything you know cranked up again, but as he's doing that, he's noticing that there's a few rooms in the house that don't like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh like juice getting to those those areas. And so he's trying to like rework things and so again that was another little little sign that okay, there's probably something in those rooms that don't want to be messed with and uh yeah yeah i would i I didn't definitely want to mess with those either so uh the crazy thing about this is the group has been working day and night trying to get this house set up uh making sure things are safe for people to walk through and all that you know hot mess and alex decides that instead of going out and staying in a hotel off-site, the best thing to do is to go ahead and just live in the house or in the hell house, which for me is a big uh, no, (laughs) not doing that. Uh, One, it's like this thing is... It's dilapidated. It's, I mean, I'm pretty, I don't know if the plumbing would work. Uh, I mean, it's just, I don't think I ever see anybody ever take a shower um, (laughs) in this film, which is, I mean, and this is like them working for months on this project, uh, just getting it ready. And uh, it's like, this is all before, like they're trying to get it done before uh, Halloween, so I guess they're they're trying to get this thing set up where it's like I believe it's like a few nights before Halloween is when they do their big big event. It's like like a I think it's like a one or two night uh, little thing that they were trying to do. I believe is is the the premise of their business ventures. But um, it, again, it's like trying to get it set up before Halloween, and so it. Alex is like, no, we have to stay here. The best thing to do is just like, okay, well, we wake up and then we just get right to work. Um, I, I think that's a, a a fine way of thinking. Like, that's great, but again, that's a big that's a big fuck you and that's a big no in my book. Um, if I was any of those other people, I would have just been like, nope, sorry, I'm I'm gonna go. I'll pay for my own motel if that was the case. Um, <laughs> but the thing was. This house is like, again, there's probably, I don't know how the plumbing is. The electricity barely works in certain areas. Um, and then on top of that, it's like you have no idea what the structure of some of these places, you know, of the walls are. Uh, you don't know what kind of bugs, asbestos, or like, I mean, there's all types of shit in there. And it's just like, and he just wants them to just live in it. Uh, it's, yeah, no. Um, but, Again, for some reason, the group all just says, all right, fine, and they just go along with what Alex says. And 
this is a, a typical thing where you start to see where Alex starts to get into that miser kind of mentality or uh, it's just that, that very greedy or just that businessman, almost like Mr. Krabs. Like he's just he's like, I just want money, money, money. And that's all he's really focused about is just getting this thing done. And really, it doesn't matter, how, I guess, what the others are feeling. It's just he wants to complete this mission. And... It, as we're going through, it's like it's very, very bizarre because this whole thing is all being documented and it's like every it's like just the way that people are acting. It's like you could see where like the group it, like you could see the deterioration of the of the group or it's just like where it's just that like being defeated and just being just beaten down by this freaking you know hotel uh hell house and it's just it, it's 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 a really cool transition now Diane um as she's talking to Sarah about this whole all the situation Sarah comes up with this big ass gem of a find and she's like yeah, like, or they're asking her, like, well, how how do we know that all this is going to be real? And Sarah's like, well, I have all the tapes. Like, all of Paul's tapes, I have them. And Diane's like, how in the hell do you have this stuff? Like, the cops took everything. And and they're they're keeping under lock and key. And Sarah's like, no, they didn't get this. Like, I I knew where Paul had all of his tapes, and... I, before I left the house, like, I, uh, basically, uh, hid them and then, you know, went back and grabbed them or, or something, but she ended up with all the tapes. And so Diane's like, oh my God, like, this is, yes, score. And then that's where the rest of the movie is, is us basically watching these tapes and just seeing <laughs> what's funny is that it, it's all like in sync like so it's following the timeline perfectly as it's going through now a few things as it actually gets into the really creepy shit uh i'm kind of surprised that there was a quote unquote film of it and that no one was like oh that's what happened because the editor Mitchell, who was the the guy behind the camera, uh, he was the one that put this entire documentary together. So the fact that he saw all the shit that was, I mean, all the serious stuff, like so all the ghosts that pop up and and everything, it's just like, why wouldn't that? I mean, it, it just seemed like it was weird because. They were still at the beginning of the film trying to do this whole like who done it, why did why did it happen? And then out of nowhere, once you got to the film, it's and and it's edited, it's they show you everything and it's just as a audience member, it's a great story because you're you're you get that point, but at the same time somebody else edited and they put it together in this way and it didn't it didn't feel like it made sense as to as to why 
they would make it as a, as a oh who did it and then they literally go the, there it is that's that's what it is um <laughs> so that that was a little little weird but the fact that we get to sit and, and watch all of these movies like i said as the film goes on you as an audience member are sitting there going like you're analyzing each little shot trying to see is there somebody walking in the background or is there a shadowy figure anything like that uh does anything move in the background like you're it's it gives you that sense throughout the movie of that's what you're trying to do and you either fail <laughs> like horribly or it's like they do it just enough and then they like but the nice thing is that if something does go across the screen they actually go back as like if somebody was pausing it and they were showing you what you know what was missed um like i think the first uh shot that they did that uh, was they were walking through one of the uh, the rooms, and as they were passing by, like the camera was was moving from uh, from left to right, and, like fairly quickly. And as you were doing it, it's like again, it's it blink and a miss type thing. But when they paused it and they freeze framed it on that one shot, you see this black woman like silhouette. That's just standing there at the uh, in in the doorway, and it's very very creepy. Um, well done. <laughs> so it kind of sets you up like, oh shit, things are things are gonna start happening. Uh, then a uh, little bit later, they start to get all of the props into their house. And they were trying to figure out the theme of what they wanted to do. Uh, there's a great bar in the hotel that they were going to utilize. And that actually leads down into the basement. And uh, they, he had this like fascination with clowns. And so he had a bunch of clown costumes. And they were going to do some type of like... I don't know, it was just like this killer clown thing in this old family house. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a weird mashup of like kind of like, uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, meets like Pennywise the Clown or something like that. Um, but they had all these uh, clown uh, costumes and they decided that they were going to put them on these mannequins and just put them down in to the basement where you could see the, you know, the pentagrams and the upside down crosses. And they were just going to leave them there as, uh, as props. And there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that they had where it's like, uh, skull, like props and demon, uh, stuff. And, um, and they, like, they kind of like littered that again, all around the house and they made it, uh, they, they cut off a couple rooms and like did like a whole bunch of spider webs and strobe lights and all types of shit. Um, so they, they really tried to make it, uh, feel like a really good, uh, like a typical, uh, well-produced haunted house, I should say. And so the, the clown mannequins, the thing that was fantastic was they constantly were setting you up as an audience member to go, look, 
these things aren't real. And they would like poke it, smack them, and you know, just they're like, oh well, we can't move them around. They don't they don't twist or anything like that. And uh, they were talking about how, oh, well, we'll just leave these three here. Uh, They looked real enough. And then what they were thinking of is putting a real person down there in a clown costume. And, you know, that way they could, you know, scare the, the, you know, the guests or whatever. And it just like, so you have three of them that, that are fake, one of them real. And, you know, you get the idea. And, the crazy thing is, is that these mannequins tend to move a lot. Like that's like the big gimmick uh, down in the cellar. So there is this the, probably one of the one of the greatest parts of this film. Uh, so Paul is walking around and he's talking to I believe it's Joey and. He's talking about, like, oh, where's Alex? Like, I haven't seen Alex, or I believe is, is what it is, uh, where he hasn't seen one of the guys. He's like, where, uh, yeah, have you seen him? He's like, no, I think he went down, or he's over there. So he was walking by, and right where the entrance to the, the basement, he walks by, and he turns to the opening, and there's a fucking clown just standing there. And it's staring down the the stair steps. And it freaks him the fuck out. He's like, oh my god. Because one, there's no way that what, that clown that was, they had it laid down. Or not laying down, but it was like sitting down on the floor. Like they bent it like a, you know, like a Ken doll. And just like set it on the floor. So there's no way that that clown would have been able to get up because it's a mannequin and up the fucking stairs at the at the top so paul's like holy shit like where did this thing come from he turns to joey to say hey who put the mannequin up here he turns back and the mannequin's staring at him and it is fucking terrifying uh the crazy thing is is that the guys that played, um, I believe it was, um, I believe it was either it was either Joey or it was one of the it was one of the guys. Um, I think Paul also played uh, one of the the mannequin clowns uh, in a few of the other scenes. But uh, yeah, but in that that scene, it was one of the guys that was in the costume, but he was playing as the mannequin clown. And so just seeing this clown looking down and then in the next shot staring at him is fucking terrifying. It freaks Paul out so bad that he runs away, goes back to Joey. He's like, where the, like, why are you guys screwing with me? Like, what's going on? Like, where's Alex? Yada, yada. Paul rushes back to that same spot moments later, like within seconds and the clown's gone. Paul's freaking out and he's like, and he's like, he doesn't know what the hell is going on. He runs down the stair steps and into the basement and the clown is sitting on the ground right where they left it. Paul is freaking out. He has no, he, he thinks that somebody's messing with him and it is such a, <laughs> such an unsettling feeling. Uh, 
Um, and, and he's over there and he's doing that thing where he's smacking the mannequin and, and again, it, and like you could hear the, the plastic underneath it and, and you could see the mask, uh, you know, lifting off of it. So it's like, they literally just, again, dressed a mannequin. And so it's a, it's a really, really cool scene. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful way to like set up for something that, that, uh, that there, there is evil afoot. And, uh, and then later on that same mannequin makes another appearance and again, scares the shit out of everybody. And so, uh, it was like later on in the movie, they hear a bunch of noise. Uh, Paul is the one who hears it and it's a lot of like scratching around and it wakes him up in the middle of the night and, he he gets up and he flicks on the light on his camera. Everything's dark in the in the like around his room. He flicks on the light and as he walks out the room, he turns the camera to the left and down the stairs. And as he looks down, there's a, that fucking clown just sitting there staring up at <laughs> staring up at him from the bottom of the stair steps. And he's, Paul's losing it. Like he is, he is not having a good time because he's like, oh my God, like, why is this clown here? Like that should be down in the basement. Why is it up here? And the rest of the guy, like, I think it was, uh, I think it was Alex, Alex, Sarah. And I believe, I don't know if Joey was there or not, but, um, it was a couple of the guys and they were freaking out, and they so they rush down, and they, again they're doing that thing where they're smacking the mannequin. And they show that it's it's not not real. So they run back up, and this is when it turns around, and like Sarah is there. Paul ru- walks up to her, and he's like, "Sarah, what are you doing?" And she's it sounds like she's talking in tongues. She's staring at a wall. Like, it's just a blank wall, and she's just talking in what, it sounds like tongues, but what she's actually saying, it's like, uh, it's like, we called the police, and they're on their way, but she's saying it backwards, or she's like, the, or something like, the, uh, like, along the lines of, like, the police have been called, um, and it kind of references back to what's going to happen, like, later on in the movie, but, um, but yeah, like, so, but she's talking backwards and it, it's, and then like, she kind of comes to and she's like, all right, well, that's like, like they're asking, like, are you okay? Like what, what happened? Like, and then Paul is trying to explain to her about this clown and he looks back down the stairs and the clown's gone. And so they're freaking out. They're like, where the fuck? Like, they're like, so the rest of the group is like, they're trying to, they're, they're running through the hotel and they're going through all these, the, the different rooms and they come across the, uh, it's the, the dining room and they go down like, like right into the hall and the clown is at the end of the hall, which is like a, a very long way away from where that stair step was. Like, they had to run through a lot of rooms in order to get to it, and that fucking clown is just sitting in a completely different room. And the they are, at that point, just losing their ever-loving mind. 
um, and rightfully so. But it's just a it's a great use of just a practical, cheap, cheap effect, and it's like at the same time it's a little silly, but it it, it works just for just having that. I'm gonna have something here move and then show it gone the next moment and then when you actually see it and you're touching it it's like they're showing you that it's it's you know uh, a solid object um and oh another uh really uh, cool little uh, clown scene is they are down in the basement and they are all talking about the the fucking clowns and they're just like okay well uh, you know, these things shouldn't move. They, you know, and this is like when Paul is like starting to like kind of like really freak out. And as Paul is down in the basement, uh, with the guys, he is talking with one of the dudes and the camera happens to pan over to the left again <laughs> and shows the, the clowns. Oh, well, well, let me back up as the guys are walking up to the clowns. You can see the clowns looking straight forward and they do the thing where they're smacking them and all that good stuff. They, they love smacking the hell out of these clowns. And then Paul is right next to, uh, to the group of them and he turns his camera to look at them and they're all staring at him. Like they're all looking to the right, which should not have happened like there that is physically impossible for these clowns to turn and look at him and then he freaks out and uh, the guys are trying to like calm him down and then he goes back and looks back at them and they're all looking straight forward and it is again so simple but so effective because it's like the the way that they did the the eyes for these mannequins they're they're solid black so it's almost like uh like shark's eyes like where it's like it's just lifeless doll eyes and there's just something incredibly creepy about of uh, just having nothing there but then something's clearly living in it it's it's really really bizarre um but the that was the only real thing that was used as a I guess essentially a prop um, that was, uh, I guess, overly used <laughs> because nothing else in the house was really used as a, you know, as a gotcha. Uh, now, there was one other scene, and, and it tended to be that Paul was the focus. And I was trying to kind of figure out why Paul was the one that the you know the ghost ended up gravitating towards um there was another scene where uh it was really cool they did another one of those like okay we're gonna stop the 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 film so you could see what we saw we're gonna enhance the film all that good shit so paul decides that he's gonna try out and he's gonna film what it's like in one of the rooms and this is the room where uh, there's like all these spider webs and uh, they're making it very like overly just uh, like run down, all that good shit. And there's all these, they call them the ghouls. And it's there, they almost look like Crypt Keeper type 
characters, but it's just all they're they're just mannequins and they just stand there on the wall and they just kind of look look like they're gonna reach out and grab you or somebody could. So the whole gimmick was that they were gonna. So I believe it was Alex. Alex locks uh, Paul into this room, which I don't understand why they would lock him in. That just kind of seems like pointless to do that. It's like, why don't you just shut the door? It's like, if he wanted to get out, he just gets out. Like, that's like, what's the, I don't understand. And so Alex locks the door on him and he's sitting in the room and they turn the lights out, hit the strobe lights, super creepy, a lot of spider webs. And, you know, it's just uh, really, really icky. And then as he's looking through the strobe lights, he's noticing that uh, there's something wrong. And he asks, uh, like over the, the little walkie-talkie he's got, he's like, hey, how many ghouls do we have in here? And Alex goes, three. And then Paul instantly just starts to panic. He just like flips out. He's like, get me the fuck out of here. And he's like banging on the door. And it turns out, so after they, they pause the film and they enhance what he saw, there's a fourth body that's at the end of the hall that's moving. And that it's it's and you can kind of make out the face and it is so oh it's so fucking creepy. But Paul freaks out because he sees it too, and he rushes out and Alex is like, Oh, like what happened? What happened? And Paul starts to talk and then instantly just throws up. And I guess what's interesting is that's actually real. <laughs> like the actor like got sick and it like ended up throwing up and they used it for the film. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I didn't know that was actually like a thing. I thought that would have been, you know, just a made up deal or, uh, you know, just a, a, a gag. But nope, he actually threw up on film. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, method acting, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he ended up throwing up and then the scene goes back, uh, outside where Paul and Alex are yelling at each other because Paul's like, I'm, I don't feel comfortable in this place. I'm, I'm done. This is getting to be too much. And Alex starts to throw out at Paul that he's just being, a lazy freeloader. And I'm, I'm assuming that the way that this group of friends kind of works out is that Paul must have been the, the one friend that was the, uh, the clown of the group. Like he no, never did anything seriously. Um, he was just kind of the, the, the lazy guy that just, you know, just always ended up tagging along or mooching off of his friends. And then, um, you know, and, and, and I'm assuming that the reason that like they had him work the camera is mainly just so it's like, Hey, you know, yeah, he's our friend. So let's just let him do something. Um, but Paul and Alex are, are, you know, having at it. Uh, the rest of the group is kind of staying silent and don't, re they don't really want to chime in, uh, you know, too much, but, uh, Alex ends up telling him like, Oh, 
we're here to make money. Like that's that's the goal is we are here for Halloween and this is our chance to make some serious money um and 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 get like a really good name on ourselves. So finally again it's like the rest of the group is just like fine we'll go with it and it just becomes this thing where you can't really tell if Alex is talking as like as just like what if that if that's really what he thinks or is he being influenced by something because like like I said at this point in the film you don't know what like how far the the ghosts have actually infiltrated and it's like and at the same time with Alex it's like was something always guiding him to stay it's like why why on earth would they stay in an abandoned hotel when they could just go down the road to the next like you know the motel and live comfortably and then you know kind of commute back and forth it's like why would you that it's like why would you do that if something wasn't trying to get you to stay and Stuff like that, like I, I just absolutely love. It's so intriguing. Um, but it was at this time in the film where you could just see the rest of the group just so defeated and beaten down and just tired, and just just the unwillingness to want to go on. But Alex just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and. I think it was around this time where we actually get the piece of information as to how Alex, uh, you know, was given the information. Um, and this was, uh, a, 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 like just the idea behind it is really cool. But, uh, the original owner of the hotel, was uh Andrew Tully and he was a very well uh rounded businessman he built the hotel in the specific area uh for a specific reason and he it became this thing where it was a it was very centralized within this town and the town's name was Abaddon so he named the hotel the Abaddon Hotel, um, naturally. But it turns out that the only reason that Tully ended up building this whole uh, thing is because it's in reference to an actual demon. So, the like to pull up the little uh, details on it, uh, the Hebrew term for Abaddon and its Greek equivalent, uh, a Apollyon appear in the Bible as both a place of destruction and an angel of the abyss. Like that's that's fucking awesome. I was like, I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't heard any more like metal songs about Abaddon. Um, but that's the thing is, Tully, alongside being a well-rounded businessman, was also a satanic worshiper, 
and he would conduct uh, rituals and things like that in the basement. And you see where this is going. You get connecting dots and yada, yada, yada. So Tully would get these people. Like, like I said, he developed this hotel so that it was centralized around the town. So travelers that were going through the town that would stay, he would ultimately either you know sacrifice them or anything like that um and then they would just go missing well i guess uh as police reports and things like that would kind of pop up and he would have to deal with like these missing people uh situations uh he was always waived of you know any wrongdoings like so he always got off clean but his reputation in the town uh, you know, was, was tainted. Like no one ever wanted to stay in the hotel. Uh, and it started to kind of like lose money and get run down. And then at one point, uh, Tully had enough and he hanged himself in his dining room. So, and what's crazy is that they're, they, they do like that, uh, like a crime scene photo of Tully hanging himself. I was like, that's, uh, like it's it's so good, um, but that's the thing is like so the story is that like he would he did a ton of satanic rituals in this place that was called Abaddon, named after a, a freaking abyss demon, and <laughs> and it was this thing where Alex knew all of that history when he bought the place and in doing that and he never told anybody and which I was like what dick move (laughs) so but then on top of that the only reason that he bought the place was because of that story and he was in this mindset of oh it's just a story it's just bullshit like okay cool like it 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 helps you know, we could use that to help sell, you know, all that stuff. Like, that's all again. He's just thinking of money. Don't give a shit about the story. And the rest of the group kind of finds out, um, again, as it's, you know, drip through the rest of the film. And it's, it pisses off, uh, I believe one of the other guys, like, I believe it's Joey. And uh, he ends up freaking out and... Uh, this is like right around when like oh this is like right after the second clown uh, interaction, and they're down in the basement and they're yelling and screaming about the clowns. They're like, "How the fuck are these things moving? They shouldn't be moving. They're all plastic and everything else." And Alex is you know saying like, "Oh, you're just being a a, a big wimp. Like you know, get over it." And uh, Joey's like, I- I've had enough. I can't deal with this. And he and he and he quits. He just says, I'm I'm out of here. Fuck it. And, and he leaves. Well, I believe it was Paul that goes after him, and they're try. He goes to give him some information, like important information about what is happening, and they, they I mean, they fi- they filmed everything up until this point, but this is the one little piece of of crucial information that they are giving to us, but they don't film it. 
so we don't see what was actually said, but we get the aftermath of, okay, Joey understands and he like, he's not happy about it, but he, he gets it. And so he, he stays and it's just like, so you could see just the tensions of everybody just getting just more amped up. And I think that also put like feeds into all the ghosts of the house and it's, it's really, really just, it, I, I like that little like tidbit where, uh, and that's something like with like ghost adventures that I like, um, is just because it like, if the energy that you put into it can help feed into the energy of the, the location, things like that. Um, so that was the thing was, I, I like that they continued on with the house and they they got everything ready, and uh, over like the course of them, like as they're working on it, uh, it turns out where Paul again is getting a visitor, and this is a visitor that we tend to see quite often, and like I said, this is like where you would look down the cameras and see if you could find a shadow or not. Well, Paul is uh, going to bed one night, and he hears some scratching, and he got he has his camera on. And he's talking about how lonely he is and things like that, and he kind of hears a noise and he looks over, doesn't see anything, and he you know, but just behind him is you see this black shadow walk through like around like right in front of his doorway. And then he turns around. He's like, Sarah, like, you okay? Like, what's going on? She doesn't say anything. And then she just walks away. Well, it's clearly not Sarah. But, um, yeah. And, and then, and like, but Paul is not freaked out. He doesn't react as like, oh, he's like, okay, that's weird. Like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. I'm like, there'd be no fucking way I'm sleeping after that shit. No way. So the second time is when we get the whole holy shit type moment. Um, so Paul is, again, going to bed and he rolls over just enough to where you could see the other side of his room and you can see this girl just sitting down like on the floor in his room, and he he looks over. He's like, "Oh my god!" He, and he freaks out, and he gets under his covers, and then he lifts it up, and you, the girl's looking at Paul, and the, the face is just so fucking creepy. Just the the white eyes, and just the it's uh, like, oh my god, I can't even like it's the face that I just I don't want to imagine in my in my head. But uh, Paul then gets freaked out that she's looking at him. And he covers the, the covers the blanket again, and then he opens it up again, and she's a little bit closer, and then he, again closes it, opens it up, and she's like right there, and she lunges, and then the camera shakes, and then you hear the just that blood curdling scream from Paul, and then it, and then the camera shoots out, and that's the stuff where I'm like, okay, somebody edited that into this documentary, and they're like. It's like, why would there not be a thing of like, oh, what's this about? 
let's talk about this instead of it being like this big mystery or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny that that's like, this is, this is stuff that's edited in a film and it's still uh, like, we're trying to piece together instead of like, nope, that, that, that looks pretty, uh, (laughs) pretty, pretty crucial. Um, But after this part, uh, Alex and the guys are, they can't find Paul. Uh, he's gone missing. The, they try calling his phone, no answer. And finally, they go down into the basement, and Paul is just sitting on the floor, and just this dazed look. Um, they finally like get him up, and he is just very different because he, like I said, is the happy-go-lucky guy, and out of nowhere, he just decides like he just the whole it's like 180 from his demeanor uh, normal demeanor and uh, a little bit later uh he is supposed to be helping out with the the whole house and uh he just decides that he's just going to stay in bed and sleep and the rest of the guys are like you know what fine fuck him like just let him let him sleep like we'll 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 have a great night without him and that's when everything starts to like they they get the the house is ready to go they have this giant line of people ready to you know come into the house and and see what they you know they've made do the whole haunted house gimmick and this is where it starts to kind of get like th- like this is the the epic point of of the night so as these and this is it'll, it'll flip over to the uh, YouTubers videos from the, from this point. So you're getting the vantage point of the of the guest, and they do this whole big production of uh, like, oh, welcome to to the hotel. Like, I hope you have a reservation. If not, it's like you you know like you you might die. All that other. You know, all that typical shit that you would say, like, just to kind of creep somebody out, you know, before going into a haunted house. And when they get in there, again, you, you see all the, the typical, like, you got people jumping out and all that shit. And they, and they have a whole bunch of, like, hired actors and things like that. And the, and the actors throughout the film don't really seem like too keen on being there but they want to be a part of of something because of like their this production company that's from New York like they've heard about it so they want to be a part of it um one of the girls that's actually down in the cellar or like in the in the basement area uh, she's supposed to be tied up and um screaming she's supposed to be a, a sacrifice and it's uh it's funny because like she knows the lore and she knows about Tully and everything else. And so that's where we're kind of getting that information, um, uh, from a little bit later in in the film. But, um, it's just once, uh, like the group is going down in like throughout the, the hotel, you, I'm trying to like, see if there's anything that like if there's like a ghost or like a shadowy figure that's just like in the corner somewhere but it's it's one of those things where it's like how can you tell if it's something that the group 
put there as a prop or if it's actually a ghost or whatnot. And so that's that's a really genius thing for like a, like as an audience member to sit there and go, okay, like what's what is there and what's not. Um, but as the group goes down into the basement, they are immediately met by a rush of people that are trying to run out of the basement. Um, and it turns out that a giant hole is blown out of the floor and a creature reaches out and snatches a a bunch of people and takes them down into the hole. So it turns out that Tully got his portal to the abyss and a demon essentially is awoken um, from there. And I was like, that's like for it to happen that quickly without any type of like ritual or like, you know, Paul didn't go down there and like say some type of incantation or, or Sarah didn't do it or, you know, because like she was talking, you know, uh, in, in quote unquote tongues or anything like that. Um, but that was the thing was Tully was, you know, like I said, he had his rituals down there and what was kind of, uh, interesting was that if like the girl that was being sacrificed in the, the haunted house, she's the one that got taken by the demon. And it's like, that's where I wonder if Alex wasn't being infiltrated by some type of spirit to put that girl in that spot in that particular, you know, at that time to sacrifice her as, you know, in that, in that way. Um, and this is where the chaos happens. Like you see the big explosion from the floor, you see the girl getting taken down and then it's just, it's just people running, people just trying to get out. And it's just, again, it's a lot of shaking cameras because it's, 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 again, it's a hand camera that someone is, you know, trying to deal with and you're getting the best footage that they possibly can. Um, but there's a lot of people that make it outside and you get like the, the chest cam um, and then like, there's another one where, uh, one of the guys, like the door ends up shutting on its, on its own and locking and it blocks, uh, the rest of the group. And this is where like Sarah, I believe it's, yeah, Sarah, Joey, yeah, Sarah and Joey are the ones that are, um, trying to get out, I believe. And this is when, they end up going, they're, they're running, they're trying to get out and they go down, they're trying to go to the other side of the house. They run through the dining room and they can see there's, it's a, that the, the fucking girl ghost from Paul's room is standing there at the, at the dinner table and the, the table before was all like disheveled and like all like a complete mess. And now it's like a completely like clean uh, and it's just like organized and everything else, but like the girl is standing there. And so then Sarah and, and Joey like run past her and they run up the stairs to the attic and they see that Alex has decided to hang himself in the attic. Like he 
does not want to deal with whatever is, is happening anymore. And so he hangs himself and Sarah runs over to try and stop him. And she picks up, like she tries to pick up his legs and she turns around and there's all these black silhouettes of just these ghosts, like Satan priests or whatever. And they rush over and they snatch her. And then that's, that's all you see of, of that scene. Um, a little bit later, uh, we come to find out that there is a videotape. I don't know how this uh, they would find this and edit it this and not be like, oh, I have questions. But uh, so Sarah, it, during this interview with Diane, is she's like, uh, you know what? Like I'm, I'm feeling like really tired, and like I just, I don't. I just want to, like, I, I think I need to go back to my room and just rest for a little bit if that's okay, and then we'll continue on. Um, and Diane's like, yeah, 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 that's totally, like, you go do you, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll just sit here and do some more research, and then, and then we'll get back with you later. And then Sarah's like, that's, that's okay, I'm in room 2C. And then Diane's like, okay, that's fine, great, like, we'll, we'll come get you. So they... Off camera, you could still, they're still mic'd up. And Sarah turns to Diane. She's like, you know, like you're doing a really, really awesome job. Not a whole lot of, of people are, um, you know, are, are, are willing to, to go in this far. And she's like, have you actually been into the hotel yet? And she's like, no, no, I haven't even, I haven't, I haven't been there yet. It's all, it's all boarded up. We can't get in. And Sarah goes, oh, is the boards the only thing stopping you? And Diane's like, well, yeah. I mean, she's like, well, if you can just get through the boards and you can get in, like, wouldn't that be, uh, like, you, like, be better? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like, and so Diane gets the idea finally to, like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go and, and break in. Like, she's like, we are so close. We are getting all this information. We need to just get in there. And so they pack up all their stuff. Uh, Mitchell says that he's not going to go. Uh, Mitchell, the, the, his, uh, Diane's um, film guy and editor, he says that he's not going to go. He doesn't think that it's a good idea to go trotting through that old hotel. She says, quit being a baby. And then he just says, you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm not going. So Diane says, uh, like, okay, whatever. And so they end up going down to the front desk and she goes to tell the front desk clerk that, uh, oh, if, um, if you could, you know, please tell our, uh, our, you know, the guest Sarah that, uh, we left. And if she, you know, went to go find us, like, this is where we went. Uh, so please, you know, just hang out and, you know, don't, don't leave or anything like that. And, uh, the lady's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to pass along the message. And she's like, what room is she in? And she's like, oh, 2C. And the clerk's like, we don't have any room numbers with letters in them. Like there's only, it's only numbered, numbered rooms. And so she's like, oh, well, could you like look up the, you know, the guests? And so she says her name and the lady's like, there is nobody here with that name that's that's registered in this hotel and it's just one of those like ooh 
like little spooky moments. And so, but Diane just kind of goes, okay, like she just shrugs it off. Like, okay, like, I guess that's what, that it's whatever. It's like she said to see, but, and she's not even like, there's nobody here by that name. She's like, well, maybe she went by like a different name. And, and then that was just kind of like, okay, well, if somebody calls and asks for us, just that's just let her know that we'll be here. And then that's when they lit, they leave. Um, they break into the, the Abaddon hotel and they're walking through and they're seeing all of the, just the, the dried blood and they're like all the stuff that was shown in those, the photos from earlier. Um, but one of the absolute craziest look, like it's, it's so, I actually had to watch it a couple of times just because they didn't do the, the whole, like, to stop it and then go through, you see the ghost of Alex. And it is so creepy because he's just standing there in this in this doorway. But it's like it's so quick, like if you because the camera's moving by and you could see him like just off in the little distance, and that's it. And he's just standing there. And it, it's so bizarre. Um, and then as they're walking up, they, they go up the stairs and they're, they're again, looking at everything and they're, they're taking it all in the information. And then Diane looks over and she sees the door to see, and she's like, Oh, that's the, that's the number that, that Sarah told us that she was staying in. And so they open the door and Sarah is sitting on the bed. And she's just staring out of the window and they're like, Sarah, are you okay? Like, is, is everything all right? And then Sarah turned around and her face is all jacked up and it's just bloody and she just smiles. And the camera guy freaks out and he runs out of the room and he turns the camera to, to Diane. He's like, we got to go. And he looks back and Sarah is now standing up facing them. And she's in a room with like three or four of those shadowed, like big, like cloaked figures. And they rush out and they, they run out and grab uh, the camera guy. And then that's the, that's the end of that. Like the camera gets blacked out and then it comes back and the room is empty. And it is such a fucking like cool little moment. And it's one of the like then they they show this this camera footage of Sarah she's walking through like kind of like I'm assuming that it's right after the whole Alex hanging himself moment in the attic she's walking back down and she walks up to Paul and she's got her camera and she's like, Paul, I, I think we'll be okay. And Paul grabs the camera and starts bashing Sarah in the head. And just, and she drops to the floor like a sack of potatoes, covered in blood. And she's barely breathing. And you could just see Paul's feet standing over her. And then the creepy thing is like you hear this 
kind of like this demon gargle, just this like over the camera. And then like, again, Sarah's trying to, you know, stay alive. And then you just see her just slide out of the camera. Like, so something grabs her and then just drags her. And then that's where we get that blood smear earlier. Um, And then the next thing, like, so the camera stays where it's at. You see Paul's feet and then you hear a bunch of like gurgling and slicing. And then you see blood just dripping down and then he just slides down and falls and it, and he's cut his own throat. And I guess in the police report, there was, uh, they didn't, they didn't release who it was, but there was someone that was that, you know, murdered, they were saying, and it was with his throat cut. And so it was a self-inflicted killing from Paul, uh, based like, so it's like, whatever was possessing him made him off himself. And it's so like, it's so goddamn good. Like it's so simple. And just the way it's filmed is it, it, it makes you feel really uneasy. And like, that's just, it's, it's really, really nice. Um, for, you know, for somebody to kill himself. <laughs> I guess, but, um, but yeah, like that's, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the the film. Now this is a, uh, like a first part of what is actually a trilogy. So I get to go through two more films. I probably won't do them, uh, right off the bat, but, uh, I mean, this is, I was like, I'm pleasantly surprised, um, for a found footage, uh, movie, I, I really dug it. I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm going to give this thing a solid three. Like, it is very enjoyable. I would definitely rewatch this um, 100%. This is this is something that was, like, right up my alley. I love ghosts. I love the spooky stuff. I love when you can go into history of certain things, even though this is a, a fictional deal. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, this is really, really cool. Um also, as I mentioned to you at the beginning of the episode, so the McInerney, uh Manor, you can look this up. There's actually a full-blown documentary on this fucker, and it is the most insane <laughs> haunted house attraction I've ever seen. This guy, uh, McEnany, uh I believe it was Russ McEnany, he decided that he wanted to build... Uh, his own like haunted house attraction, like, but it's like in his house. So uh, at first it started off like he had a, a fairly, I guess, a fairly big house, and then he would get like his neighborhood to show up, and like more people would come. So then he actually built stuff outside in his backyard, and then he couldn't get the like city permits to you know continue on. So he ended up having to like go and find this whole like. It it just became like it just it kept growing and growing because he kept getting just bigger and bigger. But the thing with the the McEnany house that was so just insane and bizarre is that it is the most intense experience that you will ever go through with 
a haunted house. So normally, like, if you go through, like, Universal or anything like that, right, you basically get to go through the house and no one messes with you. They'll jump at you and, and lunge in front of your face, but that's it. You're never in, in danger whatsoever. At the McEnany Mayor, you are... A hundred percent in danger. There is no way that you are getting out of there without being essentially tortured to death. I mean, like, like I said, watch the documentary and like, it'll go into like, like some really crazy detail, but like you have to basically sign a waiver saying that you will not press charges or anything like that. Like this is all for uh, your entertainment and you work and, you know, giving consent to whatever is about to happen to you. Um, and then on top of that, uh, they, you also have to go through a physical uh, to make sure that your heart can deal with the stress of whatever is about to happen to you. And you could be in that room, like the, the haunted house. I believe they said it was some uh, lasted up from three to eight hours. And you're basically just tortured to death. Like they will grab you and take you and, and lock you into these like chairs and, and different like contraptions and things like that. Uh, they will chain you up to walls and smear like paint and like uh, they, they uh, I'm assuming like goat's blood or you know just like fake blood i don't know what i what it is but it's supposed to like they basically get you to the point where it's like i mean i've I've heard like some people like were like raped and touched in like inappropriate ways and like uh just it's absolutely insane but this guy just he thinks that what he's doing is is completely fine and it's in the realm of just entertainment and it's pushing people to this insane limit. I was like, but dude, like you're, you're a fucking psychopath. Like it's like just sit there and go, you know what? No, uh, this is good. This is, this is totally normal. It's like, I'm going to just literally torture people for, you know, legal. Re- I'm, they're going to pay me to come into my place of business. And then I torture them to the point of them actually like have mental like breakdowns and just like breaking their brains to the point of like I, like I guess like some people actually had to go and have like psychiatric help like just because it like it fucked with them that bad like it's again it's the uh, the Mackinney Manor um, I forget what the documentary name is but I believe it's on Amazon. Um, you could probably like, you could, uh, YouTube it too. And it'll, it'll, you'll have a ton of information on that. But, uh, but yeah, and that's the thing is like with haunted houses, um, I like them. Uh, the one thing that I absolutely hate in a haunted house is the hanging, like just the curtains. I hate going through the curtains because when you go through it, you don't know what's on the other side. And shit always pops out at me like when I go through the curtain and I hate that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But as far as like regular haunted houses, um, I mean, there's a lot of like local ones here in uh, Florida that are 
fantastic. But uh, it's just whenever you know that you got to sign a waiver before going in, it's uh yeah, that's that you know you're in for uh, some shit. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, caution, you know, go at your own uh, own pace. But uh, that's the thing is like with this film, I love that it was the ghost story mixed with the haunted mansion and just the history and the documentary style. Like, I think this is probably one of the better found footage, uh, movies. Uh, like I love the paranormal activity stuff just because again, goes with the same kind of premise, but, um, it's when you could do something that is so low budget and I kind of wish that I could find the actual budget numbers for this film I mean, literally, I mean, they must have made this thing for, you know, pennies for a ham sandwich and a handshake. Like, it's, it's just the quality of the of their filming was just very, very, like, amateur, and it showed, but it worked perfectly for this film. Um, it just added just a whole nother level to everything that was going on. And like I said you were sitting there just trying to just watch every little frame just to see if there was something in the background that was just walking around or, you know, just kind of add into like what was going on. Um, and that was uh, a really perfect feeling. And like I said, seeing the, the group super happy at the beginning and then like you could just see the deterioration and just the, the way that the, the hotel is affecting them as it goes on, it's fantastic. So, I mean, this is a solid three. I definitely recommend it. And I actually, you know, thank my buddy Andre for, uh, you know, for suggesting this one. And I'm looking forward to, uh, doing the, uh, part two and three and, uh, seeing how this can, the story continues on, I guess the, um, the information that, um, I believe, uh, is given to Joey, uh, after he quits, I guess that information comes out in the second film if I read uh, you know, some of the little reviews, right? Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, so that is the Hill House LLC. Uh, solid three, highly recommend it. Uh, now, if you guys want to recommend anything else, please, again, always go to my email, drop me a little uh, message, Throw me some suggestions. Uh, it's at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. And as always, you can always uh, DM me there at Facebook or the Instagrams. And that is at creepinitreal. That's R-E-E-L. Uh, I love me a good suggestion. And I was like super happy that my buddy Andre gave me this one. Um, I had a, another guy gave me uh, the suggestion for House of Thousand Corpses, and I, I was like, I had to tell him, I was like, oh, we've already done the episode, and then I ended up talking with this guy for like 30, 40 minutes on the movie, so I like jabber John with anybody, so again, hit me up and uh, you know, just throw me a movie, just say, hey, watch this, um, so I mean... That's another thing too is I love you know that sport and the the community and just kind of getting that unity together. Uh, one way that you guys can uh, you know help me and support me and the show is you know just go and check out my merch. 
So if you head on over to the Instagram bio and you'll see the link there for our Redbubble page, click on that and it'll send you right on over and you can see all my designs of everything that we got. And what's awesome is that you could take any of my designs that I've made and you could put them on any type of garment that you want. So if you want it on a t-shirt and or a baseball tee, hoodie, you could put it on a, a freaking notebook. You could do uh, hats, tote bags. Like it's crazy as how much stuff they actually have available. And it's all fantastic quality stuff. I've I got a, a couple shirts from them. And those things are still holding up. And I was actually kind of blown away that they uh, that they have lasted this long. So, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, go and help support the channel. Uh, buy some cool merch. And uh, yeah, if you guys uh, end up buying something, go on Facebook and shoot me over a photo and saying, hey, check out what I bought. And that will uh, put a big old smile on my face. But, uh, but yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think it's checkout time there, ladies and gems. So uh, I hope you enjoyed your stay here at, uh, at Creeping It Real, and uh, we look forward for your uh, your next visit. Have a good one. See you guys next time. <laughs>